0: The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Bet $100 at Winbet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by IPVanish. IPVanish is the official VPN of SGPN. And they're offering 70% off if you go to IPVanish.com slash SGP. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. And finally, make sure to check out our new Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGP and crew. Just head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. You are listening to the EPL show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter. It's at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can also follow the Twitter account for BetMUFC. That's at BetMUFC. At BetMUFC, there will be an episode of BetMUFC dropping tomorrow, looking at the game between Manchester United and Brighton, which is not covered on this show. Finally, you can follow the Twitter account for LockBetting.com. It's at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. So that's LockBetting.com without the dot. That is not only now the premium pay service that has delivered 110 months in a row of Transband Trap Profit, but that is also a free podcast. Obviously, there is paywall content on there. That's where we give out our plays, and there are some bonus podcasts. But there are also some free podcasts on the Lock Betting feed, including your Bundesliga Match Day 1 and Season Preview. And there will be additional podcasts there throughout the season, including where we will be doing our NFL So, if you want to sign up for the service that has delivered 110 months in a row of transband track profit, then you need to go to lockbetting.com if you want to do your research first. The spreadsheets are all available for you to check out to let you know that this service is legitimate. And one of the key things you can look at is the members' comments underneath the spreadsheet. So the pin tweet is always the previous month. You can look at the month of July on the AtlockBetting.com Twitter page. Look at the spreadsheet. Look at the bottom. Look at the members' comments verifying the fact that this service has delivered that. Look at the type of plays that we do. Look at the stakes. Look at the sports. Look at everything. You'll see that it's all very sensible. You'll see that it's all very legit. You'll see that you're almost guaranteed to make a profit because we haven't had a single losing month. We are just 10 months away from unable to say we haven't had a single losing month for an entire decade. If you want to see other spreadsheets, go to the bottom of that spreadsheet, look at the little tags at the bottom. You'll see things like soccer, tennis, NBA, US sports. You'll also see a tag that says P&L. Click that one that says P&L and you'll be able to see all of the other spreadsheets. Nobody is as transparent as this service. We have sensible stakes. As I said, everybody who can afford to bet can afford to be a part of Lockbetting.com. And August is the best time to sign up because our financial year in gambling isn't January. to January. We see it as August to August. That's because we release all of our futures, nearly all of our futures, a majority of our futures for the year in the month of August. We release futures for the football season, for the domestic soccer season, release futures for the US Open tennis because there's another grand slam this month, and we release futures for the NFL as well. So this is a major month because our futures hit at 81%. So if ever you wanted to sign up for lockbetting.com and you were thinking about it, this is a month to do it. So as I said go to the pinned tweet, look at the spreadsheet for the previous month, go down to the bottom, click p look at all of the other previous spreadsheets, look at the type of plays that we do, look at the stakes, look at the members' comments verifying the fact this has delivered 110 months in a row of transparent track profit. And when you're satisfied, sign up in time for kickoff today because the Premier League is back and you can make that money over at lockbetting.com. So we are here, obviously, to look at match day one. It starts today, 3pm Eastern Time with the game between Crystal Palace and Arsenal. Arsenal are the ten to eleven favourites to pick up a win today. Um, Originally, when this line came out, they were eleven to ten. So obviously, there has been some interest in Arsenal, and uh, I do agree with that somewhat. And I'll explain why. It's thirteen to five on the draw, and it's sixteen to five on Crystal Palace. Now, when you're analysing this from a statistical data point, which isn't the greatest way to go into match day one because you're using data from the previous season, which I'm never a fan of. But if you do look at that data, you do end up convincing yourself that Crystal Palace will be able to get something from this game. When you look at Arsenal's first game last season, last season saw them lose 2-0 to newly promoted Brentford. And um, you could then make an excuse for them failing to get up to a winning start once again. But last season, that Arsenal team... That wasn't the the full-strength Arsenal team. They had a problem with COVID going into that game. They were missing a few players and they got off to a poor start. In fact, they lost their first three games because they had a difficult run in to start with. And people were looking at whether Mikel Arteta would be sacked or not. This is a different Arsenal team that have had a very, very strong pre-season. And they are ready to rock and roll this uh, this, this this evening. As for Crystal Palace... They did have a strong finish to last season and they had a strong season overall and they were particularly good at home where they picked up 60% of their points. Whereas Arsenal were poor away from home, only picking up 32% of their points on the road. So all these are reasons to, to look past Arsenal here and to go for Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park. Crystal Palace also lost just four of their 19 home Premier League games last season. Um, Arsenal lost four of their final six league away games, including a 3-0 defeat to Crystal Palace. But um, I'm going to go with Arsenal to win this game, and this is more. This is this is more than just looking at Arsenal's pre-season form and looking at Arsenal being the better team and just taking them here. I wasn't convinced at all by what Crystal Palace did during the pre-season. There was a, there was one point where Crystal Palace had half of their team over in the UK and half of their team were abroad playing against Manchester United and they put a second string team out there and got beaten by Man United. I just felt that was a very very weird way to prepare for pre-season. I don't think Crystal Palace will be involved in, in a relegation race. I don't believe Crystal Palace will have a much poorer season than last season. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll continue to be a consistent team and difficult to beat but I just feel that their pre-season preparation is very, very odd and uh, Arsenal look very, very good in the pre-season and I think that has to count for something going into this game and I think it has to count for something slightly more than, um, than Arsenal finishing the season poorly, blowing the Champions League, having a pretty poor away record and Crystal Palace being a difficult place to go. I think that would be something that comes into play uh, have these two teams met on match day five, match day six, I think that would be more significant, but I just think Arsenal preparation looks significantly better than Palace going into this game and I do expect them to pick up the win and I do think that line movement with Arsenal moving to 10-11 to on the money line makes sense. Is this going to be the lock on the show? No. But do I expect Arsenal to start with a win given pre-season? Yes, I think Arsenal on the money line at 10-11 to should be my selection here for this game. Up next, we move on to Saturday's games and the early kickoff sees Liverpool starting their season at Fulham. Liverpool are the 2 7 favourites on the money line to pick up a win at Fulham. It's 5 1 on the draw and it's 10 1 here on Fulham. For those of you that listened to the Futures shows, you'll know that I think Fulham could be one of the teams that get relegated this season. And I think they'll start here with a loss away at home, sorry, to Liverpool. Liverpool have had a patchy pre-season, but I think they'll come good here in this game. I think they've just got too many attacking options for Fulham to live with. I think there could be goals in this game. I think over three and a half goals could be a way to go. And you could certainly tack on over two and a half goals to the money line selection of Liverpool. Because obviously there's not too much value there at two to seven. Liverpool have actually seen over three and a half goals in five of their last six Premier League openers. And they've won five of those. With Mo Salah coming into this one in in hot form, Uh, he has scored six goals in four opening round appearances for Liverpool. Fulham ended their last Premier League stint with eight defeats from their final ten games. Will they do better this time round in the Premier League? I'm not too sure. I just think Liverpool has to be the play. I think Mo Salah gets off to a, a red-hot start once again. And I think he has to be a, a fantasy selection that you go with as uh, as Liverpool have a um, pretty comfortable start to the season. I think they can get off to a very, very good start. Hopefully, um, they won't win on match day three when they travel to Old Trafford. But other than that, everything looks very, very winnable, as does that game. So I'm not going to be delusional and think that Liverpool... Um, Liverpool won't win or shouldn't win at Old Trafford on match day three. I'm just hoping they don't. But as I said, it does look like a comfortable start and I think they'll start here with a win in a game that will feature goals as Liverpool's opening games usually do away to Fulham. Um, Speaking of fantasy, something that I I failed to mention when we were looking at Arsenal and we were looking at their pre-season is the fact that Gabriel Jesus has scored seven pre-season goals already since moving to Arsenal. So, um, I, I do feel that play plays into Arsenal's form. He's an informed player and he could be a fantasy pick that you should go with along with uh, Mo Salah. So I forgot to mention that, but that's worth um, taking note of. Moving on to the next game, we look at Bournemouth at home to Aston Villa, where Bournemouth are the 11-4 underdogs to start with a win. It's 5-2 on the draw. And Aston Villa coming to this one as the even-money favourites. Now, this is a difficult game to handicap because obviously there's going to be a great atmosphere at Bournemouth. Bournemouth is one of those grounds that people don't like to go to because it's a very intimate stadium. It's not one of these big Premier League stadiums. stadiums. It's an old school ground. It does feel like a championship or a League One ground. And I don't think Aston Villa are going to love going there. So I do think that's going to be somewhat of an equaliser. And especially here on this opening day, it makes it difficult for me to take Aston Villa. especially makes, me, makes it difficult for me to take him as an even money favourite on the money line. I think my play here is going to be for both teams to find a net here in this game. I don't think Villa will keep a clean sheet, and I don't think Bournemouth will either. It's worth noting that Bournemouth are unbeaten in 10 home league games, although they weren't in the Premier League. And both teams have scored in each of Aston Villa's last six Premier League games, although that is using data for the end of last season. Dominic Solanke, a player who had a lot of of potential but has never really realized that potential until last season where he had a good season for Bournemouth. He comes into this having scored five goals in his final six appearances last season and he was involved last season in 48% of Bournemouth's goals in the championship so that could be something that that stands out as a breakout season because he's always been potential 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 attached to Solanke. We'll see if this season he can be a, a big player for Bournemouth. He could be one of your cheaper fantasy options to pad out a team I do expect him to have his best Premier League season here and he'll have to if Bournemouth want to survive but in this particular game I think the best way to play it would be to take the selection of both teams to score and you're getting 10 to 11 here on that one up next we look at Leeds at home to Wolves where Leeds are the 5 to 4 favourites to begin with a win it's 12 to 5 on the draw and Wolves are the 11 to 5 underdogs. Now, Leeds have done some business, they've spent a lot of money, but there's no real household names there, so I, I can't really make a case for them being a favorite as, as a 5 to 4 favorite in this game. Wolves haven't done any significant business either, but Wolves at one point got themselves in a position to challenge for the Champions League, they fell away at the end. But this is a very, very good team with a very, very good manager. And they could be worth a play here as an underdog. I'm going to take Wolves as a pick to get what is considered an upset win. It wouldn't be a major upset for me, but according to the books, it is an upset. I also like Wolves to avoid a defeat. You will have to lay some juice there, but you can get Wolves to avoid a defeat at 8 to 13, whereas Wolves on the draw no bet market are available at 13 to 10. Leeds had the league's third-worst home record last season. They have lost um, Calvin Phillips and Rafinha, even though they have bought players in. And uh, the hosts only won once at home to the 16 sides who finished above them last season. So to hear to start off with a win would show that Leeds are going in a very... Uh, different direction immediately. As for Wolves, they had the seventh best away record in the league last season, and I think they'll come here and set up and be very difficult to beat. And try and win this game on the counter. I think they may be able to take advantage of the fact that Leeds are under pressure to start up with a win, and Leeds may be, um, be be a team that go back to that gun ho style that we saw. Obviously, not as gun as we saw with the previous manager, because that's just not going to be Jesse Marsh's style. But I do think that they'll have more pressure on them to win the gap, and Wolves could be in a position to exploit that space, exploit those opportunities, and win this game on the break. Either way, I just don't see Wolves losing it, and I just don't see Leeds as a 5-4 to favourite, and therefore I think there's value on Wolves to both avoid a defeat, and to take this game Oz, uh, on, on the pick market, on the Journo bet market, at the price of six to five or, or 13 to 10, best price that I've found. Up next, we look at Moneybags Newcastle, who haven't really spent as much money as people expected this season they start at home to nottingham forest who are also being linked to a number of players they have already signed jesse lingard they're currently being linked to gibbs white so nottingham forest are certainly doing what they need to do to stay in the premier league in terms of spending that money they start as a 17 to 4 underdog away at newcastle newcastle are the 7 to 10 favorites and it's 14 to 5 on the draw Forest have done a lot of business, but this is a difficult start, especially if you look at the way Newcastle finished the season last season. This could be a game that sees both teams find the net. I do think there's strong data for that play, but obviously that data comes for the championship. So I'm not going to overlook Newcastle here on the money line at 7-10. Forest have sent spread big to improve an attack which ranked third in the championship last season but newcastle coming to this having won seven of their final eight home games last season bruno gamarez scored three goals in five home league starts last season he could be a good um fantasy player to pad out your side it's worth looking at him but uh, I think there have been other shrewd additions here. Yes, they haven't got the big names that they were supposed to but I don't think that time is there that time is is right to do that yet. I think they need to build this team the way they're building it. I think their signings have been sensible. I think they're going to improve and I think slowly you'll see Newcastle becoming more of a threat in the Premier League. I think it starts with a good season here where they do finish inside the top half, possibly looking at 7th or 8th and they can build from there. I think that would represent solid improvement for Newcastle and in order to do that I expect them to win games like this against newly promoted opposition I think the key stat here that I'm looking at is the fact they won seven of their final eight home games last season and they have made improvements in the summer and therefore I think they're going to be better than Nottingham Forest especially at home with a crowd that are full of optimism St James's Park is notoriously a great atmosphere unfortunately for quite a few years the players haven't delivered they've been very very underwhelming particularly on Steve Bruce well things are different now and I think that crowd will carry them over the line here these better players with this very very enthusiastic crowd should get Newcastle over the line and I think there's good value there at seven to ten on the home team on the money line in this one up next we look at Tottenham at home to Southampton where Tottenham are the four to eleven favourites on the money line start with a win it's nine two on the draw And the Saints are 15-2 to underdogs. Tottenham's business has been good, but I do think it's been overrated by many people. I do expect Tottenham to be in the hunt for the top four, but I certainly don't expect them to challenge for the league. As for Southampton, their business has been very, very underwhelming once again. And if you look at that and, and look at what Southampton have done, You could make a case for them finally being sucked into a relegation race. I do think inevitably there will be three worst teams in Southampton, but I'm not optimistic for for them going into this season and I do think they'll start with a loss here against Tottenham and I think it may even be worth taking Tottenham on the Asian handicap market of uh, minus 1.5. Tottenham have won 13 of their 19 home league games last season. However, they may need to score three goals for you to cover your handicap because Tottenham have conceded in 9 of their final 12 home games in all competitions and both teams scored in each of the last 8 meetings between these two teams song is the form player he has scored in 5 of his last 6 games against southampton as well so expect him to get on the score sheet. Again, for me, he's another automatic fantasy pick. I'd be taking Song above Harry Kane because he's being classed as a midfielder. He's getting his midfielder points. And you would really expect these two players to once again be the key men in Tottenham's attack. And I don't think there'll be a significant difference in the number of goals that they score. So my selection here is Tottenham minus 1.5. Yes, I understand we may need to navigate a Southampton goal because both teams to score seems to hit regularly in this fixture, but I'm confident in this Tottenham team being able to score three or four here as this Southampton team haven't improved too much and have had a very underwhelming summer window. Up next, we close out Saturday with Chelsea's trip to Everton, where Chelsea are the 46 favourites to start with a win on the money line. It's 3-1 to one on the draw, and Everton are the 9-2 underdogs. Everton have had a patchy pre-season. They lost a game in the USA to Minnesota by four goals to nil. They have bounced back by winning away to Blackpool and winning at home to Dynamo Kiev, but I'm not convinced by their transfer business here in the summer. They've lost Richarlison, who finished last season as their top goalscorer, and that's really not good business because last season you were in a relegation race. So that could be the case once again for Everton. I'm not convinced by what they've done, and I'm certainly not convinced by Frank Lampard as a manager. As for Chelsea, I think they're being really underrated. I spoke on The Future Show how about how I didn't see them being... Um, less of a favourite to win the Premier League than Tottenham. Tottenham are are shorter than them in the market. They're also shorter than them to finish in at the top four. I didn't understand that because this is a team that won the Champions League not that long ago. They haven't lost too many players. Yes, Rudigo's a big loss, but Kouabali is a big get. And I think Sterling improves you more than Lukaku because Lukaku makes you change your style. That's something that I spoke about when we were talking about Manchester City. Chelsea found out that Lukaku makes you change your style and it doesn't necessarily work City are going to find that out this season with Haaland and now they've gone back to what works for them which is a false number nine I don't know if that's going to be Werner don't know if that's going to be Havertz don't know if that's going to be Sterling but I do know we're going to see a Chelsea who's going to be more like the Chelsea that won the Champions League the previous season so I feel that Chelsea could get off to a good start here and I think there's significant value on them at the best price of 7-10, to which is knocking around. Chelsea won five of their final seven away league games last season and four of those wins were by two or more goals. And Chelsea didn't finish the season particularly strong. They didn't really have anything to play for. They're in that limbo area where they were definitely going to finish in the top four, but they were nowhere near challenging for the league. So I think that's decent, the fact that they did finish that way. I think Raheem Sterling will play a central role for the visitors and uh, he was on target during pre-season as well so I think they come in here in strong in in, in a strong position Raheem Sterling Khalid Kuwabali coming straight into the team a lot of players there that have already won the Champions League this Chelsea team is solid this Chelsea team I think have been consistent over the years yes they haven't won the Premier League but they've been comfortable inside the top four and it shocks me to see that the books think that Tottenham off the back of making some signings are suddenly stronger than this Chelsea side so listen to the futures show I talk more about Chelsea there but as for this game I think Chelsea are very very good value at 7 to 10 to to get Everton um, to get themselves off to a good start and to get Everton off to a poor start that could set the tone for Everton as for how their season will play out which for me looks like another relegation scrap based on the fact that I'm not convinced by this manager and based on the fact they've done very little business this summer when they desperately need to improve a squad that was sucked into a relegation race last season. Up next we move on to Sunday and we look at the game here between Leicester and Brentford where Leicester are the even money favourites. It's 11 of four on the draw and Brentford here are available at five to two. This is a really difficult game to break down. For those of you that listen to the future shows, you'll know that I'm not convinced at all when it comes to Leicester. For me, Brendan Rodgers is a guy who's been there one season too long. I think he expected to find himself in a different and better job at this point. We've got some players that have grown lethargic and and complacent, I feel, at Leicester. I think James Madison, it's time for him to move on. I think there's a few players at Leicester that fall under that category. I think the disappointment of missing out um, on the Champions League narrowly for a couple of seasons has finally caught up with Leicester. They did not look anything like the team that challenged for the top four or won the FA Cup last season. And I think with a lack of business, they could continue to move in that direction. As for Brentford... They could be in an awkward situation where they suffer from second season syndrome. I think second season syndrome is definitely a thing. And whereas Brentford looked very, very good last season, perhaps this season they'll be a little bit easier to play against now that people know what to expect. As for this game, it's very, very difficult to call. I'm going to take under. Three goals here on the Asian goal line market, which is available here for me at 9-13. to 13. I just don't see there being four goals in this game. If there are three goals in this game, you end up coming away with a push. But I think these these early games, when, when these two teams come up against each other, you're going to be looking at a Brentford team that will be allowing Leicester to have the ball. And they'll be sitting in looking to win the game on the counter. This is what Brentford did away a lot last season. They weren't really involved in, in major shootouts. And I think they'll come here to frustrate Leicester and to win the game on the break. And therefore, I think under three goals provides us with a lot of decent value, as I don't see there being four goals in this game. Yes, you may get a push because, you know, I could see three goals in this one, but I just don't see four. And obviously, if there are only two, you end up coming away with a W here for this selection on under three in the Asian goal line market. The Manchester United versus Brighton game, as I mentioned, is covered exclusively over on BetMFC. So we move on to our final game, which is West Ham at home to Man City. Man City, the current champions, are the 2-5 favourites. It's 4-1 on the draw and it's 7-1 on West Ham. Over on the future shows, I spoke a lot about Manchester City. I tipped them to win the league. But I also spoke about how Erling Haaland could bring as many issues as he does pluses. Is Erling Haaland the player that Manchester City have been missing. Is he going to change things? Is he going to create the chances or the half chances that they missed that've ultimately cost them the the Champions League over the over the previous few seasons? I'm not too sure because what I spoke about on those shows is how he stylistically changes the way you play. Unless he becomes the the false number 9 and and, and drops in and plays with his back to goal and allows the forwards to to push ahead of him He's going to change things a lot because suddenly he's not going to do that job. We're going to have a player not doing the job that Jesus and Aguero did. And you're going to have to suddenly get balls into the box and become much more of a direct team. This is a big stylistic change for Manchester City that they'll need to navigate if that's the case this season. So we speak about that tactical side of things at length over on the future show. So we're not going to do it again here. We're just going to look individually at this game between West Ham and Manchester City. West Ham for me haven't done the business in summer that they needed to do to kick on Last season they fatigued towards the end of the season which ended up costing them um, a place in the Europa League and they didn't win the Europa League itself. They were fatigued in that game against uh, Frankfurt. Frankfurt took the approach of resting players for all of their league games. They essentially gave up on the league and solely focused on the Europa League which is something that West Ham should have done in pursuit of a trophy and they didn't. Coming into this season... Uh, I feel that their summer business has been underwhelming and they could be moving in the wrong direction and I think that wrong direction will start with a defeat against Manchester City. This is a game that West Ham managed to draw last season but that was rare because usually they find themselves getting pumped in at this stadium against Manchester City who love coming here. They love the size of the pitch. It suits their football to a tee. The surface is like a carpet and Manchester City usually love coming to this ground and getting a victory away to West Ham and I think that's what's going to happen once again on the opening day of the season. I am a little bit cautious of it because last season Manchester City started flat. They travelled to London against Tottenham and started with a defeat. Even though they did dominate that game, they were beaten away to Tottenham. But West Ham aren't Tottenham. We spoke about how Tottenham haven't quite had the summer that people are saying that they've had. But Tottenham are still a team packed with quality. They have a strong 11 and they had a stronger 11. They West Ham will have going into this game against Manchester City as I said Manchester City love coming here and I think we'll get back to business as far as coming to the London Stadium and coming away with a win here in this game in terms of how you bet it because we don't take selections of worse than minus 200 or 1 to 2 here we always try to find something at a better price than 1 to 2 I would take Manchester City and tack on the over two and a half goals. By doing that, you end up getting the price of 10 to 11 minus 110. And I think that will be my selection here for this game, the final game we're going to look at. And that's between West Ham and Manchester City. West Ham to, sorry, Manchester City to win. And over two and a half goals will be the choice. And that is available at 10 to 11 minus 110. Closing out with your first lock of the new EPL season. This is always a lot that I put pressure on myself with. Um, I always want to start with a W. Obviously, we have a strong lock record over the years, so it's not essential. It's not a deciding factor or anything, but... After coming through a long, long summer where I even had to handicap women's football for you guys, you do want to hit this one. You've looked forward to it for two months. And obviously it's important to to cash psychologically for the start of the season. So I'm going to be conservative with it. Initially, I was looking at just taking Manchester City to win and tacking on the over two and a half goals that we looked at in the last game. And There's a reason for that. As I said, Manchester City always seem to win away to West Ham, even though they didn't last season. And over two and a half goals have been scored in nine of Manchester City's last 10 games. Whereas this particular fixture has seen both teams scoring in four of the last five So West Ham could easily contribute and in fact five of the last six games these two teams have played individually have seen both teams score as well. So that was a strong play but I'm simply going to take the Manchester City leg of it. I'm going to create a money line parlay and the second leg of that parlay is going to be Tottenham. So your lock here for the first lock for the EPL season is going to be a parlay. And it's going to be on Tottenham and Manchester City. We spoke a little bit about Manchester City there and why I think they're a solid play. As for Tottenham... Or look at the way they finished last season. Look at the business that they've done. Can you imagine they come into the season and start with a disappointing result at home to Southampton? I can because that would be very Spurs. But I don't think it's going to happen here. I think Southampton's business has been underwhelming. I think they're in for a struggle this season. And I think they'll start by being taken apart here by Tottenham. Which I think is going to add even more hyperbole to the narrative that Tottenham are going to be a strong team that possibly challenge for the league this season and will be a forever present in the top four. I don't think it's going to quite work out that way because Spurs are Spurs and there will be a point this season where they suffer a dip, where there's questions asked about players. Is Harry Kane ever going to win a trophy? Is Son too good to play his whole his whole career at his peak at Tottenham? Is Antonio Conte going to want to stay here unless this team can ever seriously mount a serious title challenge? you hear all of that stuff about Tottenham but I don't think you're going to hear early doors they've been handed quite a nice running and I think they'll get off to a good start and I think they'll start here with a convincing win against Southampton so I'm going to take the convincing element out of it yes I like Manchester City and over two and a half goals as an individual selection and yes I like Tottenham's to cover a minus 1.5 Asian handicap yes I love all of that but ultimately I think taking the two teams together in a parlay is a good way to start off your EPL season so once again, to reiterate the lock, it's a two team parlay. We're going to take Tottenham and Manchester City. And if you shop around, you should be able to find these selections at the prices of two to five and four to 11. And by combining those two prices, you end up with a two team parlay paying out at minus 110, 10 to 11. So that's it. The wait is over. That is your match day one show for the EPL, which begins today. I'll be back next week looking at match day two. Also, don't forget to check out all of the future shows that I've released. But until then, good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening.